Hello, and welcome to the VOE Podcast. An extension of Voices of Experience. The signature speaker series at the University of Denver's Daniels College of Business. We're your hosts, Crystal Griffith, Jake Jensen, and I'm Amber D'Angelo from the Daniels Office of Communications and Marketing. We'll be unpacking topics at the intersection of business and the public good with CEOs and other business leaders from the Daniels community. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. We're back this month to continue our discussion on labor, employment, and people management with Amy Blair. Amy is the Senior Vice President and Chief People Officer for Liberty Global, one of the world's leading converged video, broadband, and communications companies. Liberty Global's consolidated businesses generate annual revenue of more than $7 billion, And its joint ventures in the UK and the Netherlands have a combined annual revenue of more than $17 billion. Amy graduated from the Daniels College of Business in 1998 with her MBA. Welcome to the VOE podcast, Amy. Thanks for joining us today. Yes, thank you very much for having me. So, Amy, I was looking at Liberty Global's statistics, and they're quite impressive. Your 36,000 employees connect over 85 million subscribers across Europe and the UK with next-generation services over advanced fiber and 5G networks. And over the last 10 years, Liberty Global has done approximately 300 deals valued at an aggregate of 130 billion euros. That's a lot of work and a lot of people to pull together into one cohesive workforce. Leading such a large global human resources function, can you tell us about some of the highlights and, in particular, the challenges? Uh, Yeah. So I guess if I step back and for context for those that are listening to this, industry in which we operate has gone through incredible transformation over the last 30 years that I've worked at Liberty Global. Just look at how far the cable industry has come since the days of the cable cowboys to where we are now, you know, which are real leaders in our industry. And if I look at Liberty Global, our own growth has mirrored that transformation, evolving many, many times, and it continues to do so. So Over the last three decades, we've grown from a small startup cable company to now a world leader in converged broadband video and mobile communication services, like you just said. We've operated all over the world all over Asia Pacific region and Latin America and throughout Europe over the years. Today, we operate in eight countries and most of our workforce is in Europe. So for me personally, it's been amazing to have a front row seat and witness such innovation and transformation. So to your question about the highlights and the challenges of leading an HR function, first I can start by saying that there have been many highlights and there have been many challenges in the last three decades. I can tell you without hesitation that leading an HR function is difficult in a business that never changes. But if you do it in this fast-paced industry, it certainly presents all kinds of challenges and on the flip side, all kinds of opportunities. In the end, it's our job in HR is to drive a people strategy, which is aligned to the business strategy with a very clear aim to make sure that we attract retain and engage the very best talent. To do this in the major times of rapid change starts with making sure that you have a deep bench of HR experts who are agile and well adept to managing transformation and change across the board. And secondly, you have to have best in class strategies in place 
in all parts of the employee life cycle. So whether it's in recruitment or reward, development, leadership, culture, communications, you need all the tools in your toolbox to make sure that you can deploy that in against your talent strategy, all in an effort to make sure you get and retain the best people. Um, Liberty Global's people strategy has really paid off. Uh, we have been able to attract and retain best people in the industry, in our markets. And for me, this is the highlight. And the reason I've stayed with Liberty Global all these years, it is the people. From our chairman, who has been one of the pioneers in this industry, John Malone, who's been in this industry for nearly 60 years, to our CEO, who's been in the industry for more than 30. We have longstanding experts who guided and led the industry and our business through massive change that I've talked about. And that's really been the glue. And it's also been the major highlight. Wow, great. And to your point, you have been in the industry yourself for 30 years. Is that correct? I have. Yeah. It's hard to believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I'm curious to learn more about your career, starting out as an intern, I believe, and then how you came to lead the people function at Liberty Global. Can you talk me through it? Yes, absolutely. So yeah, like I said, it's hard to believe that it's been 30 years since I was hired as an intern. Seems like yesterday on one hand, but a lifetime ago on another. I have indeed spent the majority of my career in the HR domain, starting as an intern and moving into my first role and moving quickly from there into an HR generalist role, overseeing all the aspects of the HR function in the early days of the company in its startup phase. After working for about six years or so, getting some solid experience under my belt, I entered at the University of Denver's Daniels College of Business, as a matter of fact. My aim, of course, was to get a master's in business while still maintaining my existing role at uh, Liberty Global's predecessor company at the time, which was United International Holdings. I can tell you those were some busy days, probably the busiest. I was working 40 or 50 hours a week, plus attending classes a few days a week at night. And I was studying with team members across the front range on the weekends. It was full on. I did complete that goal in two years, which was in and of itself quite an accomplishment since I was working full-time, as I said, and I was also in the full-time MBA program, not the executive program. So that was um, just slightly even more demanding. But what was great is as soon as I graduated with this MBA and I had eight years at that point of solid experience under my belt, I really used that moment to pivot in my career. And I made a really big personal and professional decision to accept a position still within inside the company, but it was outside of the United States and outside of the familiar world I had come to know of HR. I moved to Amsterdam in the Netherlands, where I lived and worked for seven years. And this is probably where I had my most significant personal and professional growth. I had a chance to learn the business from a different perspective while stretching myself personally by living in a different culture where every single thing was new from friends I made to the food that I ate to the place that I lived. Everything was new and it was quite challenging and it stretched me a lot. It was, it was, it was great, honestly, if I look back on it. After I got some of the experience inside the business from a different perspective, I was then asked to take on my first big leadership role within the company, heading up the HR function across Europe. 
And ultimately, I returned back to Denver to take on a global head of HR role based here at our global headquarters in Denver. I think one of my reflections is I know that Daniels teaches a lot of courses on entrepreneurship, as does the Cable Center, where I'm also on the board. And this this is where, an, you know, the definition is, is where an employee is really able to act like an entrepreneur inside of their own company. When I first heard this t- term, it really resonated with me so much because that is what I feel like I've been able to do within Liberty Global. I never had a job description, largely because no one had held the positions I have taken before me. And I really, I had to create every position I ever had. And there's great freedom to this, to create, to innovate, and to seize its areas of the business that no one had focused on before. So I feel very lucky. Um, It hasn't been a straight line. It's been a curvy one, but it's been a really exciting trajectory for sure in the last 30 years. Wow. It sounds like it. And you know, along the way, you have founded quite a few innovative initiatives to develop your employees and particularly your leaders. What's inspired those and what have been some of the results? Well, at Liberty Global, we have a value proposition, which is, as we say, grow with us. And this is something we are super proud of. We've literally grown the careers of thousands of people who have joined us by giving them endless possibilities to move, function, to move geography, to move businesses. And as I said earlier, the company has transformed many times over over the last three decades. Through all of this growth and transformation, many opportunities have blossomed for our people. For example, when we spun off our Latin American business, we were able to transition 45 people to leadership roles from our European and our U.S. operations to start that business. Recent example, we formed a a joint venture with a third party, and we've opened up endless opportunities for our most talented people to take on new roles within this business and with other businesses as well. So at at the beginning, I would say we didn't have any formalized development programs for our people, but as we've matured and over time, we've really put capital behind our talent programs because we know that this is an excellent return on investment. For example, we have a graduate program, which we've run across the business with just under 300 high potential talents in it at any given time. This year, we welcome 91 new graduates who will do 12-month rotations around the business to get a comprehensive understanding of how we operate. Another example is a world-class program which we've run now for the last decade, which we call Fast Forward. And Fast Forward is is an experiential program which targets our highest potential talent at the sort of uh, director level, which mid-level in our organization. And that's also a 12-month program. allows people to create a network of people across the company, do a lot of work to hone in on their leadership skills. And we also put them to work on real life business challenges. We've, like I said, run this for about a decade and it's been incredibly successful. We've had many of our graduates move on to take some of the most important leadership roles in the business. And uh, we have high, high engagement from from this population. Um, We also have targeted programming to support female leaders. We have a network that we've just stood up and master classes that we're offering. And within all of our functions, whether it be finance or technology or HR, we have a really comprehensive talent strategy 
which aims at ensuring that the best people in the right roles and that they are being given opportunities to grow. So we we definitely put our money where our mouth is when it comes to our, our value proposition with Grow With Us. And we strongly believe that it's the right allocation of capital because it, its return is, is huge. And we are able to keep and retain and engage and attract as well new employees through this proposition. So lots of efforts underway on this in that front. Yeah, what a phenomenal investment in your people. I mean, that's fantastic. You don't hear about that always. That's that's incredible. And you know, Diversity, equity, and inclusion is on everyone's minds. What is Liberty Global doing to drive the DEI agenda? I heard you talk about women a little bit, but would love to hear a little bit more about that as well. Well, this is definitely one of our key strategic priorities currently, and we're doing a ton of work in this space that I'm really proud of. If I reflect back to just over a year ago now, prompted by the killing of George Floyd, our CEO stood resolved in his personal commitment and the organization's commitment to face into the issues that cause such an injustice to occur in the first place. At that time, we took a very targeted approach and very targeted actions, including we, for the first time, formally appointed a diversity, equity, and inclusion officer that sits on my team and co-chairs a council of leaders across the business together with our CEO. This council has been charged to develop a vision, a strategy, and a set of initiatives to address DEI everywhere. This has been a very systematic, very business-led approach, and it's delivering amazing results in the organization in a really short period of time. If you look at our strategy, we have a three-pronged approach is one way to say it. It's There's a focus on our employees. There's focus on communities, and also our customers. And our journey a year ago began with a clear focus on our employees and our culture with our aim um, has always been to ensure that we have a culture which is truly diverse, truly equitable, truly inclusive, where everyone belongs, where everyone feels safe and is able to bring their whole self to the office. And we really began by focusing our efforts on on foundational elements. We wanted to make sure that our DEI strategy would be sustainable for years to come. So we we took a very thoughtful approach to building the foundations over the last year. We focused on building blocks like starting with policies and procedures and making sure that those, those policies and procedures reflected our ambitions. We established employee resource groups to mobilize the actions of our employees. We've had a very strong focus on education, so people are very clear what we mean by DEI and what, what it means to Liberty Global. And we're in the process right now of gathering data through a survey that we have launched for the very first time. And it's really helping us test to see, is our culture really inclusive? And where are the areas that we need to make sure that we focus on in building that an even more inclusive future? And that will, that survey, the data results from that survey will really help us inform next year's plans and the years after that. So it's been very thoughtful. It's been very comprehensive. But the truth is, our vision has always been to be broader than 
just looking internally. We want to have an impact in our communities. And of course, given the kind of company we are, we know we can have a positive impact with customers as well. So there's plenty more to do in this space. And the key thing here is that we are, uh, it's a journey. We're keeping our eye very much on the end goal and we are working very hard on that. So thank you for asking. Yeah, of course. Can tell that's a really important initiative to Liberty Global and and to you personally, it sounds like as well. So thank you for speaking to that. What other global macro trends are you seeing? I think in particular in relation to the pandemic and the future of work. I know domestically we're seeing this kind of great resignation. So just curious what other global macro trends that you are seeing. Well, the pandemic is obviously a macro trend that no one can ignore. It's changed a lot of things. It's been a game changer. We've been operating in a virtual environment for over 18 months now in many of our locations. And it's almost so long that it's become normal in a weird way. In Europe, where we have most of our employees, what we're starting to see is that as vaccination rates go up, as societies are opening up, our as economies are getting back to normal, which is slightly behind what we're seeing in the U.S., we are now starting, to, just now starting to open up our offices. Some of them are opening up in the next couple of weeks. Some of them opened a couple of weeks ago. So we're really at the beginning of that. And this is, this is something that businesses are grappling with you know, all over the globe, finding the right work model now for themselves, for the businesses that they operate in and for employees. What we're seeing is some, some businesses are adapting a fully remote model, while others have asked for people to return to the office five days a week. But at Liberty Global, we are taking what we call a hybrid approach which involves being in the office between two and three days a week and then working with an option to work remotely more than that. And, you know, I think that that this is a trend that we're going to continue to have to, we're, we're going to have to follow whether hybrid working works or not. What are the long-term implications on an organization's culture, the ability to to attract the right people, the ability to keep them engaged and go the extra mile and deliver on the priorities. You know, these are things that we just don't know yet. So what we, but, but this is a trend that we're starting to see, right? We're definitely trying, starting to see that this move towards hybrid, a definite demand almost by employees for, for greater flexibility. And then what we're also starting to put that together with is, you know, you now have four generations in the workforce, baby boomers, Gen X, millennials, Gen Zers, and they all have very pronounced intergenerational differences amongst them. Many values differ. So maybe what's important to our older leaders that might be in the baby boomer age versus the Gen Zers are not always the same. For example, the Gen Zers and the millennials who will, by the way, make up 75% of our workforce by the year 2025. So only in a, a few years, Will 75% of the workforce be under the age of 45 or so? This is a generation of people who have a different set of values 
um, and a different set of expectations, a different way of communicating, a different way of interacting with technology, a different way of working when compared to the older generation. So we are, are definitely monitoring this and actively making sure that we're continuing to evolve what our, our employee value proposition for our people to make sure that we're staying up to date with the, the things that are happening and the demands that are changing. And when you put all of this together with the pandemic, you definitely see just a, an overall shift in the what, pe- what matters to, our, to people. And uh, we're starting to also see, and I just talked about that a little bit within, D, within our DEI efforts, but our people are really want us to have a greater impact. And in, in the communities that we operate in, in making sure that we have a safe place to work, making sure that our customers are treated fairly. And you know, in a world of changing expectations, we are definitely in a talent war. We're competing for scarce resources as well, because as uh, as people about evolve their value proposition and you know offer things like more flexibility and more ways of impacting, making an impact. You know, those are what really are attracting people. So we've got to make sure that in this world where we're competing for resources, we're really staying on top of some of these macro trends. Yeah, absolutely. No, that makes a ton of sense. And, you know, when we talk about values, Daniels is known for teaching dedication to the public good and ethical leadership. I'm curious what values have guided you personally in your career? If I, first of all, think back to what's (laughs) turning out to be a long time ago at this point. One of the key things that attracted me in the first place to Daniel's College of Business was a very clear, clearly stated ambition. It was embedded throughout the entire MBA to really reinforce the value of ethical business as well as personal conduct. And I understand that current day MBA programs have all taken this on board. So it's sort of table stakes. But at the time when I went to Daniel's, this was a, a real unique differentiator. So I've always been highly impressed with Daniels and, and the, the focus on public good, ethical leadership, and just personal conduct overall. So if I if much of the credit, I think, for the forward-looking way that Daniels has looked at this particular subject is probably a lot due to Bill Daniels, who was a huge donor and contributor to the school and is also known as one of the pioneers in the cable industry, which ironically for me, this has all been very interlinked. So the things that we were taught in Daniels are still with me today and have, you know, whether that's, you know, acting with honesty, integrity, building trust, in all stakeholder relationships, being accountable and accepting responsibility for decisions and transparency, maintaining open and truthful communications. I have, and I continue to follow the, what I would consider basic fundamental principles that I learned or that were reinforced in the Daniels College of Business. And I've continued to use those basic fundamental principles throughout my career. Ironically, again, how it's all linked back and intertwined, these are really the same principles that the entire cable industry has been built on and around. And I recognize this throughout my history 
with the company and those that I've worked with, be it um, all the way from John Malone, who was uh, was buddies with Bill Daniels back in the pioneer cable days to all of the people that are currently I work with today. So very, uh, very connected. Yeah, we love to hear that. It is definitely, you know, the core tenet of of what we teach and and, and preach here at Daniels. So wonderful to hear that that has, you know, stuck with you and, and been so interconnected throughout your career journey. You know, really appreciate you joining us today and sharing your story and your experience with us. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Have a great rest of your day. Okay, you too. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. This has been the VOE Podcast. Produced by the Daniels College of Business and sponsored by U.S. Bank. Music by Joshua Metzl, music composition graduate student at the Lamont School of Music. Join us next time for more business insights from our community. In the meantime, visit daniels.du.edu slash VOE podcast. And please remember to like, follow, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.